Today we got a very special episode. We're going to be talking about how crypto can lead to a freer nation and possibly an entire freer world. Now, I do know there's probably a lot of viewers out here that uh, are not fans of crypto, may not be invested in crypto, and there are probably others that are invested in crypto, maybe other people who are saying it's all a big scam, which could possibly be true, and we'll explain that later on. So I got an expert here today, someone I like to call an expert, Chris Devitt. He's a friend of mine, and he's... Uh, a co owns a company that does his crypto research firm. I'll let him elaborate his credentials a little bit more. Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Chris Devitt, uh, co-founder of Native Research. It's an independent crypto research firm here in Las Vegas. So I've been in crypto for four or five years. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for it to provide basically a freer world, especially here in America. So as we continue to build out the infrastructure, we can provide a freer system, freer society for basically the entire world. So excited yes. to get into it. So we're going to go through what <clears throat> scams are out there for crypto. And we're going to go through what's not really a scam. And then I also want us to go through how kind of being off of the current banking system will actually have the government, government have less power over us. And I think what kind of stirred this way of thinking in my mind is because what we're seeing nowadays is it's happening with the lockdowns, it's happening with the COVID restrictions, it's happening with uh, mandatory vaccines. And there are so many small business out, businesses out there who want to reject these mandates, reject these lockdowns. But one of the things, one of the biggest factors that's keeping these small businesses in compliance, I'm not even talking about big businesses because they're just working hand in hand with the government at this point, but what's keeping the small businesses compliant is the fact that the government has so much power and so much control over their entire finances, all of it. Whereas if the government doesn't like what you're doing, they can put a lien or a levy, whatever it is on your bank account, take money out. They can just fine you $50,000 and just take the money out of your account, shut your bank account down, charge you extra in taxes, give you fines, this and all that, whatever it is. So what I liked about crypto is you, you can become off the grid. In that sense, where you can take your money, take it off the grid, government can't really find out. I want you to elaborate a little bit more on that. You know more about how the wallets will work and are working and what businesses can do in the future one day where if we live in a more crypto world that's off of this banking system. Right. And I think that that's, you know, one of the best aspects of, of crypto and specifically Bitcoin is that it's an independent monetary system. When you're, when you're on the current legacy financial system, you have to play by those rules, right? Um, if you do something that maybe the government doesn't agree with or, you know, you, you're running a small business in times of lockdown to try and support your family, well, they're going to shut down your bank account. They're going to kick you off the financial system. You're not going to be able to transact with your customers any longer. But when you take part in a, in a free and open system such as Bitcoin, it's censorship resistant. Nobody can kick you off. It's free for everybody to join. So as you know, the infrastructure continues to be built out, it's a trillion dollar asset now, and it's free for everyone to use. It's, it's becoming really, really popular for, for many people to at least buy some or get involved as somewhat of a hedge against the current financial system. Because as we continue to go into the digital age, and all money is digitized, you don't and, and cash is starting to, you know, go to the wayside, a lot more people are going to be using digital currencies. And when everyone's using digital currency, 
it's really just about the monetary policy. And the United States government isn't going to change their monetary policy. And Bitcoin has already set, has its monetary set, uh, policy set in stone to where it's not able to be changed. And so in a digital world, you have the choice to choose which one you would rather prefer. And in a world where, you know, the federal government continues to, um, you know, rule by an iron fist, a lot more people are going to choose a more free and open society. Yeah, and it's and they're just going to keep printing money, the U.S. government, that goes without saying. And, <clears throat> I mean, this is not something that crypto can do overnight. The whole crypto community or, or crypto in general is not something that can be done overnight. I guess the replacement of this banking system or the ability uh, to easily function off of the current banking system. Because you got to think right now, everything's connected to how the bankings work and all your credit lines, all the loans you want, mortgages you want, if you're signing a lease, everything is all connected to that current system. Whereas in the future for crypto, which I'm hoping to see in the next five to 10 years, is that there'll be a lot of solutions where you can properly survive off the grid completely and no issues. Because if I was to tell a small business tomorrow, oh, just you know, close your bank accounts and just have a, a crypto wallet, they're not going to be able to function properly. But if there's you know, free market business solutions that they're saying, well, you know, hey, you can have your wallet with us off the grid and we're giving out loans. You can use us as this, use us as that, and figure out ways to, to navigate. And that's, that's true free market right there. That, that's not even, you're not even, like, it's, the, it's the, the free will of the people agreeing that we're going to use this as a currency, we're going to use this as a system, and not the government declaring you need to use this or use that. And one other thing, I guess historically, is whenever there's a lot of civil unrest or war going on, it's typically when people start choosing different currencies to use. And I think we're definitely entering that cycle. Yeah, it's, it's really, it really comes down to, you know, choices. And, you know, at the very minimum, Bitcoin offers a check on, you know, political power because, you know, historically governments have been able to print money at will. And now with something like Bitcoin, when you have a hard cap supply of 21 million, um, you know, the more dollars that they decide to print into existence, well, that's more dollars that are going to be fighting for 21 million Bitcoins. So at, at very minimum, it's going to provide a check on, on you know, political power. And, you know, so as, uh, as these things can continue to get built out and as the infrastructure continues to be built out, this is a global monetary system. And you have to realize when, you know, COVID happened and you have all these governments globally really debasing their currencies, that really is a value proposition for Bitcoin for sure. Not only do you have the U.S. printing 30% of their monetary supply in a single calendar year, you have the same thing going on in the U.K., you have the same thing going on in Canada, you have the same thing going on in China. So it makes it a really attractive play. Yeah, and not only is it also a good, you know, similar to gold, a hedge against inflation with, you know, a set limited supply uh that would increase it it's also has more function than just a currency because it's also used for transactions too right, right. so it, it's more of an asset you know you can borrow against it you can lend it you know in a decentralized manner through a decentralized exchange you can hold it you can store value with it um, it's censorship resistant has really strong properties a lot of people like to kind of compare it to a digital gold you know, where transactions are censorship resistant, they're immutable. Once the transformation is confirmed on the blockchain, it can't be reversed. 
So there's a lot of really interesting aspects of the Bitcoin blockchain specifically here that really make it a great uh, currency and a great asset, especially in times of civil unrest and kind of an uncertain future that we might be going into. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of people probably still out there thinking, yeah, well, it's a scam. If People are just going <clears> to <throat> sell it and think they're going to get rich. I mean, I don't really agree with that at all when it comes to Bitcoin and Ethereum and the top dogs. Do do want to lay out that things like Dogecoin or ass fat, you know, token or, you know, all, all those junk, absolute crap coins, all those I want to triple my money overnight type of coins. That, for the most part, is a complete and utter scam. And I wouldn't even look at that as a good representation of what crypto can do in the future. Same thing with NFTs. Let's be real. There's no value in three pixels on a JPEG up for sale on on a website. And guess what? Half of that stuff is all scams. If someone says that it sold for a million Ethereum, it probably didn't. They probably sold it to themselves to inflate the value of it and tricking someone else and actually paying for it. Those are complete and utter scams. Yeah, you know, anytime that you have a kind of a new, you know, technological advancement, whether it be, you know, in the dot-com boom where everyone was claiming to, you know, be a, a you know, really progressive internet company or whatever it may be, you know, you're going to have a lot of people up in it for, for the cash grabs. But if you're focusing on, the, on, you know, the larger assets, and once again, I really like to focus on Bitcoin here because I think that Bitcoin portrays, you know, the American ideals just in a digital format. You know, we were, you know, the American nation was was founded, you know, in 1776 based on, you know, ideas of freedom and a free society. Well, now we're extending that into the digital age where you can transact freely. You can't be censored. You know, you can transact between anyone without asking permission from anyone else in the world at any point in time. It runs 24 hours a day. And so I can transact to you know, whatever country or whatever charity of my choice. And if the federal government doesn't agree with it, there's literally nothing that they can do to stop it. So, you know, this country was founded on the idea of freedom and we're taking those same ideals and we're extending them into the digital age. Yeah, and that I think that's what a lot of people that are, I guess, criticize crypto or don't even realize about crypto, people who are still just buying it as an asset, is that there there is a long-term future for the crypto you usage that leads to a freer world and the crazy thing is i think that there are a lot of people on the left there's a there's a weird i guess there's like anarcho-socialists on the left who believe the system is evil the establishment is evil i guess who kind of there's a lot of those who, who would support this as well for the same exact reasons that it gives power back to the people um main main a lot of criticisms with their with the socialist twisted warped way of thinking to think that they want to be off the system while praising and making the system even more even stronger that's a whole nother story but even a lot of people on the left see that in in the future um and we're we're still just barely even scratching the surface there's only what one one publicly traded company that deals with crypto as far as uh holding on their balance sheet there's there's quite a few now there's a couple of crypto companies that went public coinbase just announced that they're going to well they obviously went public about 60 70 billion dollar company they just announced that they're going to be purchasing $500 million uh, in crypto assets to hold on their balance sheet. So it's getting to be more mainstream. Um, you know, it's, it's really a great opportunity for, for the U.S. to get ahead by embracing this technology. Like I said, we were a country that was founded on freedom, you know, freedom to innovate, freedom to really come here and have the opportunity to make something of yourself. 
And then, you know, somewhere in the last 20, 30 years, maybe 40 years, we've gotten all messed up in our, in our thinking to where, you know, it's it's the federal government's, you know, way or the highway or, you know, we're going to push innovation overseas because we're scared and we have to gatekeep all of our ideas here, you know, in, in, in our homeland. And that's just really not even possible in the Internet age. The Internet is borderless and Bitcoin is borderless and you can't really fight against, you know, an exponential technology that continues to grow no matter and it doesn't have you know anyone to speak for the network it's completely decentralized so um i think education is the biggest barrier today and so as people really start to understand these concepts and understand these networks i think that america is going to prove to be the biggest supporter of of bitcoin and blockchain technology they're going to need to jump on now the, my my biggest criticism the only thing that i'm worried about bitcoin is this and this comes from, I guess, a globalist, more imperialistic mentality that I know a lot of people on the right don't support. And this this comes into all the money we're giving to all these other countries, I guess these wars that we're involved with, these occupations that we're involved with. And I know there's a lot of America first crowds out there who are like, we need to pull back everywhere. We need to stop giving money to all these other countries. They don't realize that if that was to be done we wouldn't have the global economic influence we have today and we would, country would probably most likely start heading towards a really big decline as China completely would obliterate us when it comes to our economy. Um, but one of the problems that I have with Bitcoin and it's probably is a solution to it and they would probably ha they would have to do this solution is the fact that the US dollar is the currency right now of the world it's because we're sending it everywhere. In the future, maybe 10 years from now, where people are starting to get off of the USD and transitioning more into Bitcoin transactions or Tether transactions or Ethereum, whatever crypto it would be as the, the baseline for transactions. Because if we do enter this the, into a true free market and there's free market solutions that make the banking system obsolete, we're going to be cryptocurrency is going to be exchanging hands and not USD. And what happens if we send uh, $100 billion worth of USD to another country? What are they going to do with it? Maybe they'll end up buying Bitcoin with it and just inflate <laughs> the price even more, and that's good for us. But when, it, when it's not able to become the currency of the world anymore, it's like, where are we left at that point? Yeah, I mean, the way that I see it is I don't really see it being, you know, winner take all. Like, we have 180 currencies in the world today. Uh, you know, some of them are really, really small, and a lot of them really aren't very strong. You know, they, they don't really provide, you know, a great asset, great, great currency for their people. So, you know, as Bitcoin really starts to eat up all those smaller nations, you see it with something like El Salvador that's trying to, you know, trying a new system to provide prosperity to their people. You know, is it, a, is it competition for the U.S. dollar? Sure, I guess, technically, but the U.S. dollar is the global reserve currency, you know. I see it coming down to, you know, Bitcoin, the U.S. dollar and the Chinese yuan, probably the, you know, biggest players in the currency world today. And, you know, those can all coexist. This is a new new financial system that's being built over here by technologists. And, you know, um, and then there's the U.S. dollar that's going to be digitized through a central bank digital currency. And China is ready to roll out their central bank digital currency as well. So I don't see a reason why these all can't coexist. And. Um, you know, Bitcoin 
is new and it's innovative and you know it's it's not a perfect system but it is a pure system because it's an honest system that can't be manipulated or debased away um that being said you know although there are layer two solutions and you know other upgrades to the network that'll take place over time you know it's still a little bit slow to transact it's not the best product to buy maybe a cup of coffee with today but maybe you know the u.s dollar is and so you know, it just fills a different role than competing directly for what the U.S. dollar has today. Yeah, and it's also, I guess in my mind, I'm probably trying to think is as long as the value of Bitcoin, it's always relative to the price of U.S. dollar. Well, that's it's, what it's, we buy everything it's priced. That's, so the dollar is that's the like, biggest global value. currency in the crypto universe today. But there's the currency pairs for everything, yeah. you know. What I'm saying is if, if it's based, if other countries, uh, like if you go to like El Salvador, are they basing their Bitcoin transactions based off of their own current currency? Their own currency okay. happens to be the U.S. dollar. Because like, let's say if you go to El Salvador, yeah, like their currency is the U.S. dollar out right. there. Okay, so what's but a different say country? For, let's use for, like Brazil Like or the something. euro or something, yeah. Yeah, and if they're going to a coffee <clears throat> shop, obviously... It's not going to be like 0.1 Bitcoin for a coffee. It'll be like, oh, it's, you know, $3 right. or 3 but, pesos. But, you know, these are all and digital and they can be converted in real time. Yeah, so, it could be converted. So as different payment processors I, and everything. What I wonder is that if when you, one day when you go into a store in a different country, is the crypto value of that product, like if you're going to be paying in crypto, are they going to base it off of, I guess, a U.S. dollar price that will end up giving it, you know, like... It's point one ten. It's like ten satoshis for a cup of coffee. Right. Like, is it going to be based? Like, what currency is is that price going to come? That's going to be based off. It's just based off of you know wh- whichever the country would choose to. If countries whatever are going to start getting to. rid of their own currency or phase out their own currency, then right. it would be left with the U.S. dollar yeah. and the yuan. Mm-hmm. So, and that's okay. But I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's really not a perfect system, but they definitely do fill different roles. And so I don't, I think that anyone selling the dream that, that crypto is the answer to, you know, the entire world's glo- you know, problems is, is trying to sell you something. I feel like it's like pro-globalist and anti-globalist at the same it, time. It's really unique, right? And there's a lot to digest and unpack. But, you know, the benefits of the new system definitely outweigh any kind of criticisms against it. You know, we're going into a world where all of your money is going to be digitized. And, you know, at the at the whim of the federal government, if you do something that they don't agree with and who knows authoritarian governments may get in the future, especially in authoritarian regimes across the world. For instance, if you're on a central bank digital currency system and, you know, maybe you jaywalk and the federal government or whatever, you know, uh, nation state government you're domiciled in determines that, you know, that's an awful offense, they can literally kick you off the entire financial system or you don't get your jail. That's completely, that's complete madness. Right. And, you know, in a world of, you know, universal, universal basic income and all these other things, you know, if once again, if you're going to do something that your governing body doesn't agree with, they can boot you directly off the financial system and you can't even provide for your family any longer. So it's important to have these alternate assets that give you optionality and flexibility going into the digital age especially with how the government's been acting in, in these recent years. Uh, what, what's, tell me more about, I don't know much about Web3. 
Does, yeah. uh, explain <clears throat> to them what Web3 is and if that has anything to do with making a freer world. Yeah, I mean, I think that the internet as a whole that we see today, we're in Web2, right? You know, if you looked at an internet usage chart over the past, you know, 10, 12 years, 20 years since inception, really, it's just up and to the right. It's going, you know, exponentially increasing. And Web3 is the next evolution of that, where we're not just scrolling through Twitter. We're not just, you know, on Facebook communicating with each other, but we're really going to be in these virtual worlds. And so that's where something like virtual reality, augmented reality come into play. And, you know, it, you can really see it's starting to surface. And it was really, you know, sped up through the COVID-19 pandemic when, you know, overnight at the flip of a switch, the entire workforce had to go remote. And, you know, now everybody communicates over Zoom. Well, that's a Web3 access point, right? No longer are you interacting in the real world. You're uh, interacting and doing business online. And so Web3 is just the complete engulfment of spending your life online. And yeah, I have I have this is somewhat related, but I I guess I was (laughs) I was I was going through like this whole thought process one day. I was like, what if what if AI because like as you're saying, everything we're now working, everything's more remote. We punch buttons into a computer and money comes out sometimes. Or we punch buttons there, then someone does this, then someone does that. You're just putting buttons into a machine and you're getting numbers. And those numbers can get you things. Right. And sometimes those things are just also digital things. And you're just running this whole entire ecosystem with a keyboard on a phone. And people do that. For the most part, I guess I do that, but I still have some physical aspects. And I was thinking of one day in the world of AI, like let's say if Apple or any other company creates an AI and they put that AI in charge of running their business, that AI will be just doing all the transactions necessary and and pushing people, actual physical people, to do things that they need to do to benefit what the AI was programmed to do where like let's just say the app uh, the ai of apple is running and it's just going through all the numbers instantaneously it could run every single calculation and it's like well and it has all the information known to existence because of the internet and it decides you know the ai could just make a decision saying hmm it'll be cheaper for us to get products if we can start a war in this country and have this country invade and all these like mechanisms and and it could calculate that instantly and it goes on that path to institute those things where it wires money to someone's bank account with directives and it does this and it does that. Next thing you know, Apple like controls the entire (laughs) world because it's, it's moving, you know, people do that nowadays for the most part. Right. But it's like, how dangerous is that when you have like an AI that can just do it? it? Yeah. It's definitely a dangerous road. Right. And technology has both good sides and bad sides. And you know, a lot of what you're saying already exists. War games are, you know, War games to you know support your local economies are are absolutely in existence today, and you know a lot of the wars that we've gone that we've you know indulged in over the last twenty or thirty years have all been for yeah. you know economic gain. So I think that those are already at play. I think we're seeing also the time scale of everything happening has become shorter and shorter as time goes on. Where what we experienced in the last two to three years is is something that takes decades for an economy to experience right. or even a world to experience because information and communication is instant now yeah. you can communicate with people 
across time zones at the you know flip of and a we button. We can get things physically in places quicker. Right. We can, and the same thing with digital. It's like you know you don't have to mail checks. Right. Someone needs money in their account, they got it. Now people are moving out of cities because they can just work remote. It's just it's it's it's, it's so much what's going on. Like with, with cryptocurrency, it's global but anti-globalist at the same exact time. And then it's like technology. It, I mean, this is like I guess you know everyone knows this. It's 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 bringing us closer in this digital space, but it's physically bringing us further apart. But then it could also be used to physically bring us together, and it's right. like this like pulsating. Uh, it, it's crazy how how technology. It's like also depending on how you use it too. Right. I mean, you have something like Bitcoin as far as, you know, the good that it can bring to the world. Take, you know, for instance, the CPI inflation measure that we have here in the United States. You know, it's rated at about 2% a year. I'd say that that's probably on the low side, but say it is 2%. So the federal government is, you know, taxing you through inflation 2% every single year. Compounded over 10 years, that's 20% of your purchasing power. You know, you compound that over 20 years, that's 40% of your purchasing power. That means that that's the even, $10 that more. you're spending, right, and that's, that's on the low compounding. side. That's on right. the low side, right? And so, you know, people are wondering, you know, why, you know, gas or food or, you know, movie tickets or whatever it may be, why these prices are all going through the roof. And sure, supply chains are maybe a little bit backed up, and that's definitely a, a part of it, but... You can't print 30% of the monetary supply in a single calendar year and not expect, you know, all of those dollars in existence that are fighting for the same amount of goods to not increase the prices. And so, you know, when you have a freer system that can't be debased or inflated away, you're really giving time back to these people because, you know, over time, instead of, you know, 10 or 20% of their purchasing power being evaded away, they still have to, you know, they still have to buy those same amount of things. They still have to buy the basic necessities to live their lives, which means that they have to work additional hours just to, you know, just to secure those things for their family. But in a freer society, in, you know, in a Bitcoin world, you know, you don't have to work those additional hours because the, the base currency can't be debased or diluted. And I think that's another very important point. Not only will it lead to a freer world, it is probably one of the best hedges against the current situation that uh, the government is putting us in. And that's another reason why, I guess, I, I have this theory that when it comes to big government, it's always eventually doomed to fail. And it leads to, and it, the, the cycle would lead to more more freedom. And I think that when this cycle of inflation and printing money, it's going to collapse, it's going to hit as hard. I think mean, that's when crypto is going to see like an exponential type of boom and, and not not only just a boom in its price, we're going to see a boom of his integration because it's it's going to be because right now everyone for the most part, for the most part, I guess is still somewhat comfortable. But when a crash happens or when the inflation bubble bursts or some type of bubble bursts, that's when the free market gets to work. That's when, you know, remember peak oil, however long ago that was. We we're going to run out of oil. And then the free market took over. And we, got, we don't have to worry really ever about oil again. Because there's a, monet, one, a monetary incentive to get more oil, produce, you know, figure out where to do it, um, create new methods, whatever. And if there's a bubble or something pops, I feel like that the crypto would be the solution to a lot of those problems. And that's when you're going to see it start to really... 
yeah. replace. <clears throat> and, you know, the best time to buy insurance is before you need insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And, exactly. you know, we're, we're building a completely new system here. And, you know, the world is in a very unique place and there's a lot of uncertainty going into the future. But something, you know, like cryptocurrencies and, and Bitcoin really provide, you know, something to really be positive on the future about. You know, oftentimes gold bugs are, are, you know, relatively negative on the world. They, you know, they kind of hoard their gold and kind of go hang out in a bunker, you know, just kind of shouting doomsday uh, nonsense, you know, waiting for the world to end. And then they can go and redeem their gold for a higher valuation. But, you know, people that are in crypto and people that are in Bitcoin, you know, we're really building, you know, a more prosperous society for, for everyone. We're, we're building a fair system. You know, think of all the things that you can do with Bitcoin that you can't do with the dollar. Well, I mean, machines can interact with Bitcoin. Machines can't interact with the dollar. You know, you have micropayments. You have so many different um, opportunities because it's it's an actual technology. The, all the exchanges and stuff. It, it's, it's a digitally native technology. So you can do a lot. It has a lot more functionality than a static dollar. So, you know, it's easy to get hung up on the uncertainties in the world, but something like Bitcoin really lays a good solid foundation and something to be really, really excited about going into the future. And I think that it's a net positive for society as a whole. Yeah. And another thing is when, when Biden won the election, I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom from people. A lot of people like, Oh, everything's going to get worse. Everything's awful. Get pack your bags and give up. I have to say is one of the things is number one thing is when things are going bad and heading in that direction, when you see corporations start to take over, when you see inflation, and there's one thing, fight you can always fight against it, but then there's also that second option where it's like if you can't physically do anything to stop X, Y, Z, you might as well make some money from it too. You know, there's nothing we can do to stop this inflation bubble. As long as, as much as we don't want it to happen, there's nothing we can do. You might as well at least secure yourself talk to people to help make sure they're secured when things hit the fan. I guess one small example, uh, I bought into, I guess when I, I guess when they crashed, I bought a lot of money into BlackRock and they're one of the, I guess the people are, you know, one of the evil corporations out there that's just buying up all these homes and inflating the value, whatever they're doing, they're doing, but it's like, Hey, nothing I can do to stop them. I might as well double my money real quick (laughs) at the very least. You know, hey, I don't like what they're doing, but nothing I can physically do could stop what they're doing. I might as well make some money off of what they're doing because someone's going to make the money. It's better in my pocket than in their pocket. That's just one little example where it's like, you know, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of Republicans for the most part. um, And I guess it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time where a lot of people are like, no, I'll never do that. You know, I'm fighting against that. You know, well, okay, you'd be foolish and you'll be living on the streets because you're going to, you know, die on the hill you're, you're, you're screaming on or whatever. Or you could keep screaming on that hill, but, you know, worry about yourself at the same exact time. There's, there's, a, there's a line, I, I feel like there's, there should be a line between morality and stupidity, where it's like your morals will refuse you to do this, but at what cost? Yeah. And, you know, something What's, like Bitcoin, it, it provides a unique opportunity for people because... You know, say you don't, you know, you don't agree with the forever wars. Well, how are the wars being funded? They're being funded through taxation and inflation, right? That's how they continue to pay trillions of dollars. These they're definitely not taking in. You know, we operate at a deficit in the United States. 
that means that we have more money going out than we have coming in. I think is how do we trillions of dollars are going to go to this industry? Right. And you so, might as well invest in the industry. You can, or or <laughs> or now you know for the first time in human history you can just genuinely opt out and you can yeah. come and you can help build a new financial system. Exactly. You know, it's apolitical money. It, it nobody speaks for for these networks, right? They're decentralized. Nobody is in charge of them. They don't have any policies or or any, you know, hidden ambitions or anything like that. They just exist. And so, you know, what's one of the best ways to to vote? Well, it's to vote with the, with your wallet, right? If you don't agree with these wars, you don't agree with how these senior politicians act. Well, now you can just go and you can take your dollars and you can put them into a new financial system. And so it's really exciting. It's it's yeah. never been done in history before. Yeah, I'd say I guess we're we're in the phase 1 of people buying into the assets. Phase two, I think we're going to see more companies coming up with solutions to the current system. Probably phase three and four will probably be when we see a massive crash and people just are pretty much just not, they don't have a choice but to go into this new system. And the sooner you get in on being a part of that new system, I mean, the more, I I guess you can say profitable or the better it will be for you the sooner you get in. Because people have been screaming, oh, Bitcoin's a scam since it was 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Since it was 10 bucks. And now it's $50,000. And it's okay, right? You know, to be, it, it's an intimidating thing. Anything that's new, technology is intimidating. It's a bit scary. It's a bit rough around the edges. But, you know, once you really lean into it and kind of, you know, figure, you know, look into it yourself, do a little bit of research and kind of, you know, understand how it came to be and the impact that it can have on the world, I think, you know, the you know obviously the history shows that you know adoption continues to increase most people agree with what it's doing in the world you know we started the year uh 2021 with you know roughly 100 100 million users now we're up to almost 220 users so we've almost we've more than doubled in just the last 12 months alone so people are seeking these alternative solutions bitcoin you know is really standing to benefit from that and you know history shows that it's not going to show down any uh, slow down anytime soon. And I would say, don't be one of those people that's buying and selling really quickly to try to make a buck, to try to double their money. I would recommend, if I can legally recommend, not gambling like that. It's just, I wouldn't even bother following the uh, Bitcoin influencers or anything because they're just going to feed you a bunch of bullshit. Oh, it's going to crash. It's going to this. It's going to that. It's going to pump. It's going to dump. Don't even listen to any of that, that BS. That that stuff is small fries. 99% of the time, they're wrong. And they're just trying to use... They're trying to prey on people like you who want to double their money to monetize their influence with brand deals or getting money from your transactions or getting you following, whatever. They're financially incentivized to keep you addicted to watching that stuff. I would say don't even listen to that. Don't listen to any of the bullshit shit coins that are popping up. This is going to be the next 100x. Don't listen to anything. Me personally, I'll just tell you what I do. I buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's all I do. And I have it part of this account that stakes it and I get paid interest yearly. And I'm just slowly accumulating more and more. I'm not a legal advisor. I'm just telling you what I do. Slowly accumulating more over the years until when shit hits the fan. Guess what? I'll be fine. I'll be secured. It's as simple as that. And if, if I... If I I would tell my friends, I do tell my friends to just do exactly that. 
many people don't want to listen because they want to quadruple their money overnight. Right. And, you know, Bitcoin's funny because, you know, it's kind of like a, like a, you know, a, a get free uh, quick scheme. A lot of people think of it as, you know, a get rich quick scheme. Everyone wants to get in and make a bunch of money. But really, you know, most people come in, they put a little bit of money into it. The more money you have in something, the more that you pay attention to and you really understand what the system's all about and how it's utilized. And basically nobody ever leaves. So, you know, the, the community keeps growing. It's a trillion dollar asset today. You know, it, it was the fastest asset to a trillion dollars in human history. It's um, worth less than the Taliban right now. The <laughs> I'm not sure how, the Taliban's how much the Taliban's on, worth. The Taliban's sitting on nearly $3 trillion worth of natural resources. Right. And so, so you use know, that to, for scaling purposes. You know, I mean, <laughs> gold's worth, you know, roughly $10, $10 trillion. Bitcoin's at about, you know, 10% of gold. But, you know, both of them really, you know, serve a lot of the same per, uh, purposes. But Bitcoin has quite the advantage being digital, you know. You can store infinite amount of money it's just by memorizing used. your seed phrase, right? It, and the thing is, it's being used by a lot of people on the daily, yeah. too. It's like, and me, I bought some gold. I don't have it physically. I'm not going to go to the store and exchange gold for a cheeseburger. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's got, it's, you know, if you're going to buy a physical piece of gold, it's going to lay as a brick in your safe probably right. till the day you die. And Bitcoin's still in its infancy, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is a technology. It is able to be upgraded and improved over time. And, you know, there will be second layer, third layer solutions that can, you know, make quick transactions securely that can really, you know, enhance the system so that, you know, it's on par with the systems that we see today. But it's relatively new. So, yeah, and that, that's another thing is, I guess, a lot of people complain about all oh, the transactions are too expensive for it to be used. I'm like, yeah, that's why there would be third party right. business free but, market solutions to fix any of these problems because there's a demand right. for those problems. I mean, to be just fixed. think of how powerful it is to send money, value anywhere at the world, anywhere around the world at any point in time without restriction. That is a concept that hasn't existed before 12 years ago. And even you, you can't can send dollars around the world. By sending it too. You can't you, you can't, you know, you can't send dollars all around the world. You can't send the yuan all around the world, but with Bitcoin, you can send it to anyone, anywhere in the world that has nothing more than in it, an internet connection. You can send it to a random person. Yeah. People do that. Right. You can send it to, you know, to, you can, and, and, you know, the blockchain is completely transparent. So it's just a transparent ledger. You can see all the activity. You can verify the transactions. You can look back on the ledger and see every transaction that has ever occurred dating back to the very first transaction that was made. Even when it comes to millionaires, billionaires, and influencers who are promoting the scams, people find their wallets. And I guess as part of the transparency, as part of, I guess, the, the people's freedoms to see everything that's going on, where a lot of these scams blow up in their faces because people find their wallets. It's like, oh, you bought this on that date, they go to the transactions, and they, they find out whose wallet is whose. And now that's... And it's not like you can take one money and put it in a different wallet. They can track where that they can they can follow that Bitcoin forever. <laughs> yep, definitely. And and little to no, like it's it's hard for for scammers to even finesse out of it. Yeah, you know, and so a lot of people, you know, there's all of the this talk these days about all these cyber attacks, all these all these ransomware attacks. Well, these ransomware attacks, you know, they 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 get paid in Bitcoin, but then you know, they're able to get tracked down because they don't understand how the blockchain works, right? You know, a lot of people 
for so long so that, you know, it's only used by criminals. Well, it's, the blockchain is pretty much the last thing that you would want to use as a criminal. All of the crimes today are really done in dollars. Yeah. Wasn't PayPal originally used by a lot of criminals? I'm sure every most yeah. most things uh, early in the internet were were pretty much used yeah. by criminals. And if we're gonna follow that trend, <laughs> and you know, as far as privacy goes, you know, uh, like I said, it's it's just a technology. A lot of these solutions will continue to be built out. So you know, different privacy layers will be built out. I think we're we're, we're starting to conclude. Is there anything specific that you think people should know that we haven't talked about? I mean, I, I just think that uh, you know, it, it's relatively new. It 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 grows, and you know, it's it's very volatile. And, you know, it can be pretty scary, but I always recommend that you do your own due diligence. You know, this is a really important product, uh, project for humanity. And really, it's the next evolution of, you know, the financial system that we're going to be using going into the future. So, you know, it's easy to, to, to chop anything off as, you know, a scam and just kind of ignore it. But really, just in your own best interest, just do your own due diligence and, you know, kind of see what it's all about. Because... It's a transparent ledger that's completely decentralized that nobody speaks for. You know, it's kind of the the opposite of a scam. There's, you know, no nefarious activity that can go on on the blockchain. You know, it, it can't be manipulated or debased or diluted. So, you know, it's as close to a pure system as, as basically humanity has ever seen. So I always recommend just kind of looking into it for yourself, you know, not taking anyone else's word for it and just kind of doing your own uh doing your own due diligence. Now, the reason why I made this podcast for people listening is because I was anti-Bitcoin for a longest period of time. And that was because I was like, oh, well, for people to, people have to put money in, for people to get money out. I was like, oh, what? it's only based on supply and demand. What if that demand decreases or goes away? And that's the basic level of what I was thinking on it until I started thinking about it more, talking with Chris in the gym, just understand just get my brain working and i was like wait and then i figured it out and i realized that there's a there's a this is what the free market's demanding this is the solution to actually a lot of issues this is a solution to act big government in a, in a lot of ways and it's like wait now i'm on board i get it i understand it i get this is as free market as it gets as anti-government as it could possibly get in my opinion as well so that's what got me back on board i guess the crypto train and i wanted to share that way of thinking with you guys watching and listening maybe you can jump start some ideas in your head and your way of thinking as well also if you guys want to get involved in crypto go for it guess what i'm not going to even give you any referral links to go buy it off of coinbase or whatever i don't care i don't want your money for getting involved i'm not doing this to sell you a bunch of you know whatever referrals where i make 50 dollars every time someone signs up i can care less about that go do your own thing whatever you want to do i'm not trying to sell you any bs now chris thank you for joining me anything you'll like the plug where maybe if anyone has any questions i don't know if you want to deal with any questions or yeah no 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 absolutely so i mean you know like i said nothing to sell here um any questions please reach out uh chris at nativeresearch.com follow our twitter at uh, you know, native research. Um, my name is Chris Devitt. Like I said, anything that we can ever do to, you know, if you have any questions at all, you want to tell me how big of a scam it is, why you disagree with it. Like I said, go for it. You know, the, the point is, is that basically all this is happening and, you know, there's not much that anyone can really do to stop it. So, you know, my best advice is to, to really just kind of get informed and really think for yourself on it. And, you know, although, 
you may think that you know a little bit about it, maybe dive in a little bit deeper. And like I said, if you have any specific questions or, or any, you know, real concerns, go ahead and reach out and, you know, maybe we can come to some sort of agreement, agreeance, or at the very least, hopefully, you know, offer you some sort of uh, answer that you can laugh at or something. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, to the post notifications on, listen to the full episode of the show with Joey Saladino showing all the podcast apps. Peace out.